ما تزعلكم والو this is a harrowing audio of a Moroccan man searching frantically under rubble for his family. An evening that started out like any other would quickly become an unforgettable nightmare. Families were separated. People were lost under the sudden devastation, dozens reportedly dead. Scores of homes were crumpled and walls were reduced to rubble. The earthquake that hit on Friday evening took Morocco by surprise. Now, rescue crews continue to look for casualties or people in need of rescue following the biggest earthquake to hit the country in 120 years. This is Beyond the Headlines and I'm your host Phil Green. In this episode, we'll look at what happened when the earthquake struck Morocco and the impact that the disaster will have on the North African country. We'll speak to Gaia bin Mubarak, our correspondent in Morocco, on what she has seen on the ground. We'll also look at how we can design buildings to withstand earthquakes. But before we start, if you want to get all the latest episodes as soon as they come out, just hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's considered Morocco's worst earthquake since the 1960 devastation in the western coastal town of Agadir that killed an estimated 15,000 people and injured thousands more. Another 600 or so were killed when another disaster struck in 2004. As earthquakes have wreaked destruction on the North African country in the past, this most recent one could take months, if not years, to recover from. That's according to the International Federation of Red Cross and Red Crescent Societies. On Friday night, the 6.8 magnitude earthquake struck in the Atlas Mountains and exacted a cruel toll. One that is still rising. At least 2012 people have been confirmed dead at the time of recording this, and thousands injured in Marrakesh and in regions to the south. In the 72 hours since, hundreds of people in Morocco have slept in open spaces, camping by the roads and streets, understandably fearful of returning indoors. Several of the historic sites of Marrakesh have also been damaged or destroyed. Founded in the 11th century by the Almoravids, Marrakesh, which was close to the epicentre, is home to several monuments dating from that period. In Gemma al-Fana Square, at the heart of the old city, the Karbush Mosque's minaret has collapsed. Leaders and diplomats from across the world have expressed condolences and offered to support the North African country. The UEE president, Sheikh Mohammed, said the UEE promised to support Morocco. In a telephone call on Sunday, Sheikh Mohammed affirmed the UEE's solidarity with Morocco. To get a better understanding, we are joined by the Nationals correspondent in Morocco, Gaia bin Mubarak. Gaia, how are you? Hello, Phil. I'm good. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about what you are seeing? Um, how are the rescue operations going? Well, uh, as soon as I got here, I went to uh, the area near the epicenter of the earthquake, which is uh, called El House District. I can see that all both authorities and people are coming together in order to attempt like, uh, uh, to rescue basically what is left because uh, several people, those who were saved, they were saved in the initial hours. But now I can see that they are only trying to pull out bodies, just like to give a closure to uh, some families. I met several people that uh, were rescued, not only like by the authorities, since it was actually very difficult for authorities like to reach some of the rural areas, since like 
as you know, the earthquake like hit the heart of the Atlas Mountains. Uh, lots of areas are isolated, so there was no way that uh, a car or even a scooter could go up and reach like some of the villages that are like uh, high in the mountains. But I would say that there is a strong sense of community. People are coming together. Authorities have really have seen massive crews like from the military, from the Ministry of Interior, like from uh, the civil defense, uh, volunteers also coming from across the country in order to assist the effort. The Red Crescent, uh, the uh, Boy Scout, like I've, I've seen like several organizations also uh, assisting. But unfortunately, from what I can see now, the 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 hope like to find survivors still alive under the rubble is getting um, dimmer by the day. Since now, um, anything like the people only want like to have closure and just uh, retrieve the bodies of their loved ones. Can you tell us a little bit about the 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 people that you've met then, uh, the condition that they have been in, the people that have been rescued so far, and the people. Uh, who are looking for family and loved ones? Mm -hmm. So some of the people that were rescued, um, they were uh, they are living in tents, either the tents that were provided by uh, the Moroccan army or the Moroccan civil defense, or tents they made themselves. Like uh, I saw people yesterday trying to make like really very primitive tents using like uh, uh, like uh, tree leaves in order just like to get a shelter from like the sun and the cold uh, at night but i would say like everyone who just like lived and through the earthquake and had the earthquake destroy their homes are currently in the street either in tents or basically uh sleeping in alleyways uh, even those people that only had their house like uh, suffer small cracks or like some some cracks in the ceiling are also living in the street because there remains an issue like of a potential like aftershock so they cannot really go back to their to their houses and even if the, the possibility of an, an aftershock happening is getting like slighter um i think people are still scared after undergoing such a traumatizing experience also something that is many of the survivors um are surviving but most of them lost lots of their family members i met a man today uh, at the hospital uh, at the uh, university hospital in marrakesh who told me he lost his wife and he lost his in-laws and uh, he he was someone actually who uh, his house collapsed uh, over his head and he had to dig in for an hour to get out of the of the rubble and all he thought of just like saving his kids so he just like sa saved himself and then he saved two of his children and then went on around his town. It's uh, really smaller than a town. So he went in and tried also to save some people. And he, he managed to pull out like two people or three. But now he's just like living in front of the university hospital in Marrakesh and he has nowhere to go. And he just le left his kids with uh, random families that, that still uh, have homes in his village. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the hospitals? How are they? dealing with it are they is there enough hospitals to treat everyone and uh is everyone getting the the medical support that they require well from people's testimonies they're saying everyone is helping us like where well, they provided us with the water with like food with medical assistance they are checking uh they're, they're getting like check uh, checkups uh, on a daily basis but from what i can see so i went to the region uh, that has been like the hardest hit by the earthquake and where the epicenter is, they only had like one hospital in the region. So when the earthquake hit, 
all of the victims and all of the people injured, they needed to be transferred to that hospital. So that hospital at some point had to cater to more than 1,000 patients. And uh, they had also to receive several bodies and people who have died. So when I spoke to the director, he said that they had to deal deal with that with whatever they had at that moment, uh, waiting for like assistance to arrive, like from uh, nearest region, which is something that they like they they got later i saw like the military having like medical tents inside the hospital setting up tents in, in order like to have more space i saw also uh, the ministry of interior also having tents in that hospital but what happened is that after that hospital received those patients once once they stabilized the patients uh, they uh, send them to Marrakesh University Hospital, uh, the main hospital, like uh, in uh, in the entire like governorate or let's say state of Marrakesh. But it's really these are the only two hospitals. I say I might be wrong, but uh, it seems that these are the the uh, the main two hospitals that are treating and receiving like the earthquake victims. Authorities and people are saying we're getting treated well, but uh, to be honest, I'm seeing that it is really um, relative. That like that we we must keep things relative in terms of saying like uh, whether these hospitals were actually able are actually able to just like meet the needs of all these people because in a circumstance of a natural disaster, it's really it's really hard, and I'm sure both the people and uh, and like the medical staff are, are struggling certainly. 2023 has been a devastating year worldwide for earthquakes. On February the 6th, 2023, at 4.17am, a 7.8 magnitude earthquake struck southern and central Turkey and northwestern Syria. The earthquake caused widespread damage and tens of thousands of fatalities. It was estimated that 14 million people, roughly 16% of Turkey's population, were affected by the earthquake that caused widespread damage in an area of 350,000 square kilometres. The confirmed death toll stood at more than 59,000. It's said that fatalities are not caused by an earthquake, but instead by debris from falling buildings. As an earthquake's vibrations push on a building structure, the building will begin to resonate, which causes the building to move with greater amplitude until parts of the building collapse or fall and the building falls apart. In the aftermath of February's Turkey-Syria earthquake, we spoke to seismic expert and a visiting professor of earthquake engineering at the University College London, Sergei Lebowski, on why buildings collapse on Beyond the Headlines. We discussed how we can improve the structural integrity of buildings so that they can withstand the intensity that comes with an earthquake. There are groups of people who are now coming up with techniques which can give warnings of about half a minute to a minute before an earthquake strikes uh, based on the stresses in the ground. Uh, And that helps uh, high-tech companies uh, shut down processes and machines and such like. So we can do that sort of prediction. But in terms of predictions to help regions uh, like we have here, uh, that's not really feasible. But what we do know is where there are regions of higher hazard. The earthquake provides a large horizontal and vertical force on the building. And we try and make the building flexible as maybe you would, if you think of your shock absorbers in the car, and we do that by putting, let's say, uh, steel in the uh, reinforced concrete, and we tie that together so it can, bend and move uh, adequately. 
and we have building codes that allow that we're supposed to follow to ensure that that's done uh, appropriately. This was Ziggy's advice. If you ever find yourself in an earthquake situation, you can help yourself in an earthquake situation. Um, there's a mantra of duck cover and hold. So you get down under a table below two beds to create yourself an air pocket that you can survive uh, a collapse of a building. You can look at your building before the earthquake. Morocco is in mourning. The devastating effects that the earthquake has had on the country is evident. The recovery from the disaster will take months, if not years. For the people of Morocco, it's all about survival. This is a moment in Moroccan history that will never be forgotten. This episode of Beyond the Headlines was produced by Phil Green, Arthur Edison and Doa Farid. Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe or follow us on all your favourite podcast platforms so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with others who might benefit from the conversation.